It's our shop stewards corner segment, uh, which we bring to you every Monday here on the Mighty Metro, taking a look at uh, what's happening in the lives of working people, what's happening on the shop floor, and uh, more importantly, I guess, uh, unpacking the social dialogue elements that are linked to the decent work agenda. Now, uh, talking about that, uh, this evening we uh, take a look at a landmark Labour Appeal Court judgment on labour broking. Now, this was recently made by the Labour Appeal Court and uh, the Casual Workers Advice Office in this case uh, that they took up on behalf of labour brokers, the CHEP SA, uh, did so three years ago. And uh, in 2015, uh, the Labour Relations Act was amended uh, to give effect uh, to the injunction that uh, uh, labour brokers or, or workers working for temporary employment services uh, become the permanent workers of the client company after three months of work. Now, I guess the idea there was to make sure that you don't have this... Uh, situation which continues even now of uh, indefinite rolling over of contracts that people have uh, where they have no right uh, or, or I guess uh, influence on how they're paid and their conditions of work and more importantly end up doing the same work that other permanent employees of the client company would be doing uh, without uh, the commensurate benefits or even the conditions of work uh, that uh, those permanent workers are entitled to. Now a number of companies have been getting away it seems with uh, a certain interpretation of the amendments to the LRA that came through in 2015 and uh, the Casual Workers Advice Office in this particular case that's gone on for three years took up this matter on behalf of the employees of CHEP SA. Now this is one of the companies uh, that works in putting together these pallets that are used in the logistics sector and uh, they have an operation based out, uh, I understand, uh, in Eteguin and also uh, just uh, alongside the airport here in, uh, uh, here in Gauteng. And uh, to talk to me about this, and uh, I guess to help us understand this a bit better, I'm joined on the line from the uh, Law Centre of the Casual Workers Advice Office by uh, Komna Poriatis. Komna, good evening to you, my man. How are you doing? I'm well, and how are you, Ayabonga? I'm well, thanks, man. Komna, long time, and uh, thank you so much for taking time out uh, to speak to us. Komna, I mean, I guess a good starting point, certainly for, for, my, for the benefit of our listeners here, is to give some of the context and the background to this. I mean, this is a matter that we understand started in uh, the CCMA where the commissioners came to a certain kind of sanction and then of course it was taken uh, to another court and now it's ended up at the Labour Appeal Court. Uh, talk to us briefly about I guess uh, the context and some of the facts to this matter and uh, I guess uh, some of the issues in dispute. Right, so this case was arbitrated at the CCMA almost exactly five years ago. It began on the 13th of October and went through to about, I think, November, sometime in November of 2015. So it's taken five years for the workers involved in this case, those who remained, those who weren't, who didn't lose along the way due to dismissals, to vindicate their rights. And unfortunately, we might not be at the end of the road. This matter may proceed the Constitutional Court if the employer, CHIP, decides to um, appeal this matter to the Constitutional Court. Basically, the decision which was reached by the CCMA is that because these workers worked at CHIP, because they performed a job, i.e. the repair of pallets, without which CHIP could not function on a day-to-day -day basis. And more importantly, because how they did their work was controlled contractually by the agreement between CHIP and Seaforce. And 
um, because CHIP could easily get rid of them, any one of them. It could dispense with their services. Uh, CHIP's relationship with these workers was basically one in which these workers worked for CHIP. And the definition of a labor broker is a business which provides people to another business who work for the client business. So the CCMA rightly, in our opinion, found that these workers worked for CHIP. They were provided by Seaforce to work for CHIP, and therefore Seaforce was a labor broker. The workers earned below a certain amount, and so since the workers had been there for more than three months, they had become CHIP's employees in terms of the law. Unfortunately, the Labor Court accepted CHIP's argument that the idea that workers have to work for a client means that workers have to work only for the client. Now, what that means is is, is it gives you a very narrow or a very restrictive meaning to the notion of what a labor broker is. According to the labor court, a labor broker would be a business which only provided labor to a client. So if in this case, as in this case, um, pallets were also provided to the client, what that meant is that workers couldn't work for the client, they would work for the labor broker, and so the labor broker would not, in fact, be a labor broker. It would be a service provider. Now, think of how damaging that is to workers getting access to all of the rights under the new amendments in the LRA, particularly those in 198A. You can only gain access to those rights if you are provided to a client by a labor broker. So if the law found that all of these actual labor brokers, these labor brokers in reality, weren't labor brokers, then it would mean that there was no way for workers to gain access to the rights which they were entitled to. There was no way for them to actually um, um, gain decent work. You were talking about the decent work agenda. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, Kamla, I want oh, us sorry. to do this. I want us to do this. I, th- I think you make a very important point around the background and I guess the framework of rights that uh, uh, are targeted at, uh, I guess, uh, being claimed by many vulnerable workers. And I want us to come back, I guess, to the issue of contestation around whether or not, uh, you know, just providing labor services only or just, uh, I guess, promising certain output under certain conditions would uh, ensure that the deeming provision kicks in in this particular case. It's our shop steward's corner. And uh, we'll come back to uh, some of the themes raised on that score. But uh, before we do that, uh, the SABC is certainly making it possible for you to grow your business by giving you a chance to put your brands on stations on the public broadcast. Now, your agency, uh, does it have an annual advertising turnover that is between 10 million and 50 million rand per annum? If so, you could qualify for a 25% bonus advertising airtime package on SABC stations for every rand of airtime that you buy. Now, the total bonus airtime will be capped at 40 million per annum and shared by all small qualifying agencies. To find out a bit more 
about uh, this incredible deal, visit sabcgroupsales.co.za. Terms and conditions apply. 25% will be allocated and apportioned by the SABC. SABC policies. 21 minutes it is after 8 p.m. and uh, it's the Shop Stewards Corner here on Metro FM Talk. This evening I'm in conversation with uh, Komna uh, Boriatis. Uh, he is with the Law Center at the Casual Workers Advice Office uh, based all the way out in uh, Germiston. And uh, we're having a very interesting conversation here about uh, a judgment that has come out of uh, the Labour Appeal Court and uh, uh, talking, I guess, uh, to the interpretation of some of the amendments to Section 198 of the Labour Relations Act as they relate to uh, temporary employment services or labour brokers, as uh, we often refer to them. And uh, I guess, Komna, you know, you made it clear before we went to the break that uh, this uh, case uh, is uh, by no means far from over. But uh, I'm sitting here asking myself if indeed, you know, the Labour Appeal Court has been able in this case, in, it, in its interpretation, um, to agree that indeed C-Force, in this case, is a temporary employment service provider and that many of the workers in question uh, earn below a certain threshold. Surely, Section 198 as amended should kick in in that process. If so, then what, what would be, uh, I guess, in dispute if indeed this matter does go to the Constitutional Court? Well, that's exactly right, Ayabonga. The, um, the LAC has rightly um, gone back to the interpretation which the CCMA gave, and it is said, and it said, because C Force can get rid of these, uh, because CHEP can get rid of these workers, because it can mm. discontinue their service, because it can contractually control the manner in which they perform their work, and because they work at its premises and are provided by raw materials um, to enable them to work. Due to all of these factors, they work for CHEP, and therefore they are entitled to, one, be considered CHIPS employees for the purposes mm -hmm. of the LRA. And what that means is they can engage in collective bargaining directly with CHIP. They can strike against CHIP. They can enter into collective agreements with CHIP. When CHIP acts against them in, a, in, a, in some kind of wrongful way, that can count as an unfair labor practice for the purposes of the LRA. If mm. they are sent away from the premises by CHIP, that would count as a dismissal. And their conditions of work must, unless, unless, this, um, unless uh, this judgment by the Labor Appeal Court is successfully appealed to the Constitutional Court, um, their conditions of work must be rendered more or less the same must be rendered equal to those of other workers who are directly employed by CHEP who perform the same or similar work as they do. So yes, that's what, the reason the, uh, the Casual Workers Advice Office has been supporting the workers in pursuing uh, this case for five years is basically for two closely interlinked reasons. The workers need to access their rights under the law and this restrictive interpretation which stops workers from accessing their rights, from being considered, firstly, labor broker workers, and secondly, deemed employees of the client. Employees of the client, according to the law, that interpretation has to be fought and ultimately done away with. That's why mm. you've been supporting these workers. 
Komna, I'm, I'm quite interested, I guess, related to that point, on the different interpretations that have happened. I mean, we can see in this particular case that, uh, you know, just after the LRA changes were muted, the shift was really in the structuring of the service level agreement between, <coughs> uh, excuse me, between the labor broker and the client company here, Chepese, to shift that away from being, I guess, a provision of the main input in that process, which is labor, uh, to one where it's really, I guess, you know, very ambiguous, uh, but um, it's deemed as a service contract. Uh, that's one way in which, I guess, uh, you know, this has been sort of uh, a round trip by some of these companies. But what else have you seen in your work as the uh, uh, Casual Workers Advice Office about how some of the companies uh, who would have been affected by these amendments, uh, how they've responded? So uh, we've seen this a lot where labor brokers call themselves service providers. Earlier this year, there was actually a case where a group of workers were directly instructed on a day-to-day basis by the client, um, cooperated with employees employed by the client, but in which the labor broker called itself a service provider. So we, we see this type of thing a lot. Assigned services, which is the archetypal labor broker, which lost in the constitutional court in the matter of assigned services versus NUMSA, where the CWIO was a friend of the court in Amicus Curiae. We've seen assigned services itself call itself a service provider rather than a labor broker. So this is one of... This is probably one of the main ways in which uh, labor brokers and their clients are attempting to conceal uh, labor broking relationships. They're trying to obfuscate reality so that workers can't access their rights. We've Mm -hmm. seen something else, though. Uh, Another thing which has been, uh, unfortunately, far too prevalent is although labor broker workers are entitled to have their terms and conditions of work made equal, rendered the same as those of uh, so-called directly procured employees, employees which the client company employed directly itself. We've seen numerous companies saying, yes, that's true, it applies to everything. It applies to bonuses, it applies to uh, how much you earn per hour. But what it doesn't apply to is hours of work per se. Mm. They've come up with various arguments to try to carve out hours of work and say 198A5, that section of the LRA, which allows for an equalization of terms and conditions of work, they say this applies to everything except hours of work. Now, if you read the section itself, um, it doesn't say this applies to everything except hours of work. It's just not there. So we've mm. seen employers, and, and maybe it's, it's uh, a bit... I, I, I greatly respect the CCMA and its commissioners, but we've seen employers bamboozle the CCMA and its commissioners by effectively claiming that there is an exception to the protection provided by the not-so-new amendments, the 2015 amendments, which is just mm-hmm. not there. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course, uh, you know, just on that score, Komna, I mean, uh, certainly outdoors open to uh, CHEPSA and to even uh, see 
uh, force to uh, come and give us their perspective on this uh, particular score and some of their own interpretations uh, of the legislation as it currently stands. But uh, Komna, I'd love to hear your view on a community uh, that came out of uh, uh, the company earlier on today, uh, directly addressed to some of the workers in question here, uh, suggesting that this in no way, I guess, resolves the matter, that uh, uh, a lot of the remedies suggested here by the Labour Appeal Court uh, is going to open this up to another round of arbitration. Now, uh, I'm not sure how that process looks like, but uh, uh, from where I'm sitting, I mean, why would you want to go back to an arbitration process in the CCMA when effectively this judgment, I guess, uh, gives some credence to uh, the first uh, sanction of the commissioners of the CCMA, yeah, which uh, was overturned by another court? So, so several things. I should start off by saying that the Casual Workers Advice Office Law Centre hasn't yet uh, received any instructions in this regard from the workers as to how to take it forward. But I do understand that CHIP is in the process of deciding whether to take this on appeal or not. If it is taken on appeal, well, we'll have to see what impact that has and make decisions uh, well, assist the workers, advise the workers in making their own decisions once we reach that point. When it comes to uh, this matter going back to the CCMA, CHIP, uh, if, if this decision stands, then what that means is that CHIP has for five years not applied the law. It means that CHIP has not rendered the conditions of work of its deemed employees, of these labor broker workers, the same as those of its directly procured, of those employees which it directly employed itself, okay? And the Constitutional Court and the Labor Appeal Court previously in the assigned services case found that you can't do that. You need to fully integrate deemed employees into your workforce. You need to make it so that there is nothing which marks them out as different from the rest of your workforce. CHIP has not done that. So mm -hmm. CHIP really has, uh, um, has the following option. If it decides to abide by this, if it decides to abide by this, um, by this judgment of the Labor Appeal Court, which is, to, uh, to abide by the law, to negotiate with its employees, to find a way in which these workers' conditions of work can be rendered decent and equal to those of persons who perform equivalent work. And if it has done that, well, um, as I said, we haven't yet uh, been given an instruction by the workers but the workers have various options open to them. Mm. And yes, we'll, we'll see. I don't know if I should comment on uh, ways forward here, but to, I, I do want to say something. To the extent that CHIP is trying to, in its, um, in its written communication with the workers, create the impression that the Labour Appeal Court has not decided this matter or that this matter still needs to be decided by um, the CCMA. That's wrong. The Labour Appeal Court has determined 
that Seaforce, in relation to CHIP, is a labor broker, and these workers are CHIP's deemed employees. The matter has been determined. All that now needs to happen is that their conditions of work need to be rendered the same or substantially the same as those of other workers who perform the same or similar work. And this should have happened five years ago. These workers have been denied their right to equal treatment for five years. Hmm. Thank you very much uh, for giving us that very in-depth explanation. And as I said, uh, I guess, uh, you know, a few sentences ago, uh, certainly the opportunity is there for CHEPSA and uh, for CFORS uh, to come and share with us some of your their own interpretations, uh, not only now as they maybe prepare themselves for a legal challenge, even after the fact, uh, because uh, certainly a critical part of um, our legal framework and our jurisprudence, uh, certainly least of all insofar as it protects vulnerable workers in the South African economy, continues uh, to be built by cases like this. And Comna, I want to thank you for taking time out to speak to us this evening. Thank you, Ayabonga. I enjoyed our talk. Awesome stuff. Komna Poriatis uh, from the Law Center there of the Casual Workers Advice Office joining us uh, uh, this evening for our Shop Stewards Corner. We're going to take a brief break now and uh, quickly, uh, uh, I guess, uh, steal a sneak peek uh, into uh, what's happening all the way out in Dipslut. We'll also take a look at the Hawks, which were cited in uh, uh, Rato, local municipality, all the way out near Maikeng in Mukonebo Pirima. And uh, also, I uh, saw members of the ANC in the Free State marching to the Tuli House in the Joburg CBD earlier on today. We'll take a look at those stories and uh, also check in with the, the HSRC, the Human Sciences Research Council, under the microscope in the next few minutes.